Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Ingles to Gobert attacking, blocked by Muscala. Muscala goes down. Gobert tries to pass out and gets it deflected and intercepted. Fast break. Here come the Thunder for the lead. Reverse layup. Good. Gilgis Alexander. And the Thunder lead it 41-40. Here's out the right side, gives it to Adams. Adams waits for Gilgis Alexander. O'Neal's got the assignment now. Trying to get him back to his right hand. He comes off the pick. He retreats back out in total control. The long arm, lanky Gilgis Alexander drives, scoops, and scores. 25 for Gilgis Alexander. Does this feel different, though? We can't rely on that. You know, it's be like, oh, we've been here before. Like, um, I think it only feels different because, honestly, I'll just give us expectations because of who we have and who we brought in. You know, a lot of it is just we got to put in the work in. We said that at the beginning. And, you know, um, good thing is we're not 19 and 27, but, you know, we're 13 and 11. You know, we got to figure out at some point. We can't just sit here and say it's a long season. Um, and like I said, I got to be better as a well as a leader and a player. What are you learning as a leader in this situation? Because this is, this is a unique situation. Uh, I don't even know right now, to be honest with you. I, um, I really got an answer for that. Because still a process. I mean, yeah, you're still, still experiencing still yeah. stuff you just got to figure out. Um, just take it day by day. Okay. Billy Donovan said before the game that when a team's got this many new players, you know, it's kind of inevitable that it's a process of guys getting to know each other and build mm-hmm. that chemistry. But do you feel like it's taking longer than you had thought it would? Um, for sure. I think, obviously, you want things to gel right away. But um, for us... We said it when we first got together, you know, on paper it looks great, but we got to put the work in and we got to continue to, to play our basketball. And there are times where we just, we do it and it looks great, and there are times where we don't. And it's all about trust. And um, All right, that was Donovan Mitchell from last night. And that first part where he talked about expectations is, is where I want to start, Gordon, and we can get more into this uh, one-off game last night, 104-90. to but uh, Donovan said expectations that you put on us. I got a tweet from Landry earlier today, and he says, if you don't mind me asking, Zone Sportsnet, doesn't the media build up hype slash expectations question mark? And I mentioned this on the on the post game last night, Gordon. I, I bristle a little bit when the media is singled out saying you created these expectations. Or even if he's talking about fans, how fans in the media have created expectations. I bristle a little bit because it feels like a deflection when you, me, Austin, everybody who listens to this radio station knows that they have lofty expectations internally as well. Don't put that on all of us. We heard... Uh, Austin rattled off the name of each uh, player, uh, member of the organization who had mentioned the word championship this yeah. season, Austin. And do you want to rattle that off real quick? Well, it, 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 look, I, when I rattle it off, when I name them, it's when they said it, I agreed with it. Sure, sure, sure. And I still do. It wasn't like they were just selling hope or whatever. They believed it and probably still do. But they all mentioned right. rings and championships, and that should be the legitimate goal. That's why you make the moves you made. So, and it's still possible. So with that in mind, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing in the world. I would expect Jazz internal expectations, Gordon, and sorry, I'm sucking all the wind out of the room, but to be extraordinarily high. And it, it's a frustrated Donovan Mitchell who I think was just deflecting. But I did bristle at that last night. Yeah, the players have all said it. I've heard it with my own ears. You have. Austin has. A lot of people have. And that's uh, what you would expect them to expect. 
And so don't be dumping that on us, although I did I did buy into it. I thought the Jazz were going to be really, really good. I thought they were going to be better than they've been thus far, uh, really, at any time. I agree. Uh, I agree. I, and, and, and here's the baffling thing to me. I've talked about it, Jake. I've written about it. I understand that there is some acclimation that needs to take place. I just don't understand why the Jazz can't shoot straight. Yeah. Well, last night they shot 40%. Bogdanovich really had a tough night. Four of 17 from the floor. Uh, Royce O'Neal, 0 for 6. And Donovan Mitchell, who we talked about, and he talked about being more efficient this year, 10 of 25 from the floor. And they only hit 25% of their three-point shots. They took 31 of them. Uh, that's, that's just not going to get it done. And I don't know what to say about that. This team was supposed to be a better shooting team than what it was a year ago. That was the Achilles heel on the Jazz a year ago, and that is what we thought they addressed during the offseason, and that is why the expectations were as high as they are. And it just hasn't happened that way. That game last night was an embarrassment to the Utah Jazz. That was bad. That was bad. And I get it that sometimes you're going to have an off night. and what, But to have too many guys having off nights like that to the point where you're losing to a team you should beat on your home floor, let's say it the way it is here. Because when the Jazz do well, we sing praises. When they do like what they did last night, I don't know how you can honestly say anything other than that was a huge disappointment. So I think last night was actually a really perfect um, example of something that you and I have been talking about for a couple of weeks. So there, there are two things that are really going wrong with the Jazz right now. And, and this is my opinion, of course. One, Mike Conley's got to play better. And that means he has to be back on the floor, by the way, to play better. But, yeah, his, his play has been something that, that has been missing this year because <clears throat> they were going to rely – they brought him in for a reason, right? Right. And, and he's, not, he's not playing well. So he needs to get back on the floor and he needs to start playing better. The other is, Gordon, the bench is a disaster. It is. It's it's not it's not working. And we can we can get into reasons as why, but look last night. The Jazz are way too reliant on Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell to go get buckets. And I realize that Rudy was really good offensively last night, but he only took ten shots. People have made have, nine. He made nine and he was terrific. Nothing to complain about with Rudy last night. But he's not going to take 20 shots. Rudy's not. It's not his game. He's too reliant on others to create shots for him, and he's never going to be a a 20-shot-a-game guy. So now all the scoring load is going on to Bogdanovich and going on to Donovan Mitchell, and when they struggle like they did in the third quarter last night, it's over. It's over Mm -hmm. because there's nobody that can come in on the bench and provide any sort of scoring. And so you can shuffle Bojan and Donovan in and out of the lineup with the bench guys all you want, but the truth is when they're not making shots, game over. And that's what we we saw last night. Donovan and, and Bogdanovich had a cold snap. Unfortunately, it was at the same time, but the Jazz have no answer. They've got, they've got no answer. They've got nobody coming into the game who's going to give them any sort of pop. And I don't know if that guy's on the roster. If, if that guy is on the roster, they got to figure it out and, and let's get going because the Jazz desperately need, they desperately need somebody who can come in and score. Any volunteers? Austin, what are you doing? You got the company party to come to tonight. You think you can go do a, a Jazz tryout? 
Yeah, I, I can make it. Yeah, it's. I'll just bring it, the baby with me. You, <laughs> you bring uh, you bring up a great point there. The fact that Bogdanovich is feeling pressure that he has to score because he looks around the floor and says, "Who else is going to do it?" Same thing with Donovan. We thought Donovan would be relieved of some of that pressure because they had supposedly more scores, and it just has not happened this year. <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, when it goes poorly, then it feels as though it's always going to go poorly. Uh, Jerry Sloan used to say that. He used to worry that he was never going to win another game. And that's what it feels like sometimes when you go through these periods of time when it's not working right. And then when it is working right, then you feel like, oh, this team can't lose. Yeah. And so right now we're looking at the roster. If Boyan Bogdanovich goes out and makes 12 of, of 20 shots – then we think, oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty good, especially when when Donovan Mitchell is uh, being efficient as well. And last night, uh, neither took place. So I'm a little curious here, Jake, because you said uh, Mike Conley, and that's that's obvious. I mean, they made a huge investment in Mike Conley, and it has not worked out thus far. He's got to be healthy, and he's got to play much better than he has, and he's got to be much more efficient. The Jazz are counting on him, and maybe that's throwing more pressure on him, which will make him press even more, but it's just the truth. And so that that's true. But you mentioned the bench, and the bench is struggling, but so are the starters. So are the starters on the whole. And so is are those two things related? Yes, they are related. But, but Gordon, the, the starters did not struggle – uh, the other night against Memphis, the starters were really, really good. And OKC, by the way, is better than Memphis. But OKC's on the second night of a back-to-back. Right, right. I mean, th- this should have been a game that was just like the Memphis game. But the difference was is that Bogdanovich and Mitchell played well against Memphis, uh-huh. and they didn't play well last night, and specifically in the third quarter. But these guys should be able to have a quarter – where it's not going down. They need a lift from they, someone else. Somebody else. The the offense can't disappear the moment that one of those two guys either comes off the floor or or misses a couple of shots on a couple of possessions. They need a break. Uh, ben Anderson and I were talking about this off the air last night, Gordon, and and uh, I saw Tony Jones shoot this down on Twitter, which surprised me. But why not, why not go kick the tires on Jamal Crawford? Go see if you can get Jamal Crawford off the bench. Yeah, or off the uh, off the couch. Yeah, he's probably not going to play any defense for you, but that that guy's a walking bucket. But will he fit into what the Jazz are trying to do, or will he make it worse? Because already some of the Jazz players, because <laughs> because there's pressure at the offensive end, and they try to do too much themselves. Would Jamal fit into that same category? I would say, and and hey, the the jazz management know better than me. And if Joel Crawford was a solution, you know they're either on it or have considered and dismissed it already. So you know we're not going to tell anybody something that they don't already know. But you know at this point, I don't I don't know if that's the highest priority because the fit that they have right now isn't working. So uh, I mean, it's, it, did you have the feeling last night? A couple things. First was. The Jazz seemed flat. You know, early in the game, they fell behind, and they were in that four or five point deficit range for quite a period of time. And then, like you said, it got away from them, and it, it just felt like they uh, they weren't in it. And that was surprising, considering the Thunder were the ones, like you said, that were on the back end of a back to back. So 
the Jazz being at home, coming off a, a fine victory, having a day of rest, then going at it again. Perfect setup for them to go out and play well. Let me um, – I think there's two schools of thought on on what you're talking about here. And I, maybe both or, or partially can be correct, but one I think is more alarming than the other. All right. The, the playing slow, I think you're 100% right. I, I really do. But – that could be part of the fit that we're talking about, that, that they need to figure out. Communication came up a ton of times in the postgame sound last night. And those uh-huh. things, like you're playing slow because you don't know exactly what to do. You don't know where that guy's going to be. Those things could be very real, and that could be a reason why we're, we're looking at them and they seem a touch slow. But Ron Boone said something last night when we were doing crosstalk on the broadcast. He called the Jazz right now a country club team. And that alarms me. What does he mean? They're soft. Oh man, that that's really alarming to me because that that's the 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 want to can do attitude that the Jazz have had for the mm-hmm. past several years. And and you know it's Booner's opinion, but he's watching every second of all of these games, and he said country club team last night, and that's a concern. And I think you can fix both of them, but I'm surprised that that's an issue with this team. So uh, a word that Quinn Snyder used a lot last year was playing with force. And I consider that the kind of basketball that uh, is effective. And it play with force, play with intention, play with strength, play with trust in your teammates, come together to to uh, a common goal and get the job done. And right now, when I watch them play, I on some possessions I just think, okay, I see one pass and then I see someone trying dribbling around trying to create a shot for himself, and that's that's not jazz basketball, and it's it's a thing of beauty when the ball is moving and it is ugly when it doesn't move, and but you can almost see it if you could see thought bubbles over the players' heads, you would see I've got to do something because nobody else is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's what you see. And when you compare this, and I don't know if it's fair to compare, but last year, okay, you had Ricky Rubio, Jay Crowder, uh, Derek Favors, Howell Neto, and who am I forgetting? Kyle, Kyle Korver. Okay, and this year you have Bogdanovich, you have Mike Conley, you have Jeff Green, you have Ed Davis, and you have Moutier. Now, I think when you compare those names and those careers, you think that's a good trade. Mm-hmm. That's a trade advantage jazz now. On paper. It hasn't been. And Donovan said those, those very words last night on paper. And it's it's obviously not that simple. But they, they've got a long way to go. And and to get back to the, the beginning part of this, uh, this conversation, we were talking about expectation. You know, maybe the expectation for greatness right away was certainly unfair. But I'll tell you, on this, even on this radio station, uh, you know, Scotty G, I know, said this a bunch. You got to wait a minute. You know, he always used the example of LeBron's first year on the Heat. Sometimes it takes a minute to come together and there's some struggles and mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So, I mean, it, it, it certainly has been talked about. But I think we didn't expect it to be this rough. And we didn't expect there to be the, the solutions to be so complicated. Yeah. And yeah, so that's I, I the that's the hard part. I didn't expect to wonder what the hell was wrong. Right. You thought that well, maybe it just takes some time for these guys to get used to each other, which is a real thing. Yeah, and it's and something it may, that we're watching, but it could still happen. But, but right now, it just it, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look. It, I mean, the 
the the the spirit of the team seems screwed up yeah. somehow, and we're seeing physical manifestations of that, and it needs to change. And and look, Quinn Snyder thinks about this stuff nonstop, twenty four seven, as does the rest of the coaching staff. They are tearing this thing apart and putting it back together again, looking for solutions and considering every possibility. And I don't blame them yeah. at this point because that game last night was a game the Jazz had no business losing. And they lost it. And I don't care whether you are adjusting. You're still over a quarter of the way into the season. You'd think by now you'd be able to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder on your home floor. And it did not happen. And at times the Jazz looked sorry. And at times the Jazz looked like they had zero confidence. But I don't blame fans for being grumpy. I really don't. It just means that you care. And the Jazz have a lot of passionate fans. We talk to them every single day that care a lot about this franchise. And that's the most important thing. You know, that's the most important thing. If if fans weren't angry, I was talking to Austin about this today. And I'm sorry, Austin. I realize we're way over. But I saw a picture somebody had tweeted out of uh, the attendance at a Chicago Bulls game. Oh, yeah. The oh, lowest my. attendance in, uh, since like 06 or something. There was nobody there. This is Chicago, one of the biggest cities in our beautiful country. Nobody has any interest in the Chicago Bulls. None whatsoever. That's... That's when things start getting unhealthy. And people thought the Bulls were going to knock at the door of the playoffs after some of the moves they've made. So they're, you know, it's not like they didn't have expectations like the Jazz did. But I think that combination, and Jazz fans know all about it right now, to feel sky high coming in and then to feel the air just blowing out of the balloon. That's sort of what's going on. Now, can it? Can you put the air back in? That's what the Jazz's challenge is. Last, what was their record last year after 24 games? I'll, I'll go back and Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think they were worse than they are now, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that's why we're somewhat embracing the anger here on The Big Show. It's all right to be angry. Get it out. Well, uh, we, if you've got opinions uh, on what's going on with the Jazz, we've got our open mic feature on our Zone Sports Network app. It would be fun to play a bunch of open mics today. Uh, and we'll give our opinions. You can give yours. We can uh, we can toss it about. It's we'll, therapy. We could fix the jazz. We can. It's not a what bugs you Wednesday like you and Bowler did back in the day. But we can do a. We can steal a bit from Austin and Tony. We can do a ticked off Tuesday. It's all good. Let's talk about it. They, and you fans have a ticked off Tuesday. Yeah, it's a great bit. Yeah, it's oh, it sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. From back so in the day. if you want to vent, do it. If you're a Ute fan and, and you're frustrated, uh, make it happen. Uh, we'll 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 turn into the spin, Gordon. That's what we'll do. Stay tuned. It's Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.